here, children. Hope you're having lots of swims in this hot weather. I don't think Arthur and Mallory will be doing much swimming, do you? Today we join them on their separate adventures. Mallory, a prisoner in the giant molar's birdcage, and Arthur as he carries Bruce the budgie and the tooth fairy slash mouse as they search for Mallory. Mallory gripped the bars for dear life. She was now doubly frightened. The thought of the canines filled her with dread. She already knew the answer to Molly's question. The canines had found the birdcage first, and it sounded like they were still there. Why? Were they trying to get the mouse and Bruce the budgie out of the cage? Were they finishing off Arthur's bones? Both those thoughts were terrifying. She wanted to tell Murray to stop. She would tell him the truth. But what then? Probably they'd just ignore her. She had fueled their dreams of finding $200 in the birdcage, so they would probably just keep marching right into the canine's den. And if they didn't ignore her, what if they took her seriously? As she jiggled about sickeningly, Mallory realised that would even be worse. Then they turn around and return to the little big house and set about preparing an unorthodox Mallory pie. Mallory closed her eyes. She desperately wanted the world to go away. And so she didn't scream and Maury didn't stop. In fact, Maury didn't stop until he came across a large, shiny white canine sitting on the path. The beast sat there waiting until the molars were nearly upon it. Despite their size, the giant seemed to not intimidate the canine at all. In fact, it was rather the reverse. The molars hesitated, seemingly unsure whether to challenge the canine or try to pass it by. The canine stared up at them, tongue lolling out of its mouth, but not bowing its fangs. Mallory shrunk back from the bars of her birdcage in fear. Eventually, Maury spoke. Good morning, canine. You wouldn't have come across a birdcage somewhere along this pathway, would you? Inhabited, I believe, by one mouse and one budgie. What colour? asked the canine. The cage, the mouse or the budgie? asked Maury. The budgie, replied the canine. What colour is the budgie? his Molly to Mallory. Mallory stared at her. She tried to think. Not being at all fond of Bruce, she had a momentary difficulty in remembering the bird's colour. Blue, she said. He's blue, I think, and his name is Bruce. Blue, repeated Maury, and his name is Bruce. The canine nodded slowly, then asked, Why are you concerned about a bird cage? You already seem to have one. It's not the birdcage as such, said Murray carefully. It's actually the mouse we're trying to find. Not the budgie? No, the mouse. Why? asked the canine, staring at Murray. Because we believe, began Molly. Shh! hissed Murray. He shrugged at the canine. There's just a little something we'd like to talk to it about. Hmm, said the canine. Well... In that case, I regret to inform you that you're heading in the wrong direction. You've seen it, then. 
I may have, said the canine mildly, but you forgot to mention one small thing. They did, said Maury. One small boy, said the canine. How come you know about the birdcage, the budgie and the mouse, but not about the one small boy who's carrying the birdcage, the budgie and the mouse? Maury looked at the canine in surprise, then gave Mallory a quick, suspicious glance. And another thing, continued the canine, why do you have one small girl shut inside your birdcage? Chapter 15, The Hex Because, began Molly, Shh, hissed Maury. Then he turned to the canine and said, in as convincing a manner as he could, Because our legs, you know, we wanted to travel quickly, and so this little Mallory Mallory asked us to carry her. Otherwise, she would not be able to keep up. Mm, I see said the canine, staring for the first time at the terrified Mallory. It was clear that he wasn't at all convinced by the molar's story. Mallory, caught by the canine's gaze, suddenly realised that it actually seemed sympathetic to her plight. His large, calm eyes did not seem those of a flesh-tearing ghoul. The huge beast had also mentioned Arthur. Moreover, he'd mentioned Arthur in the present tense, had mentioned that Arthur was carrying the birdcage. That didn't suggest that he and his canine gang had eaten Arthur. Not at all. Mallory began to wonder whether running away in a blind panic had been such a good idea. Could it be that Arthur was now free somewhere, still carrying the birdcage, while she was now trapped in a birdcage, being carried by two giant makers of giant pies. The canine turned back to Maury. You do have big strides, he said, but I suspect small brains. Maury bristled. Be careful, our brains... No, said the canine standing up. You be careful. If, as I suspect, you're planning some skullduggery, let me warn you that the little grey mouse you seek is not... A mouse at all. Molly turned angrily to Mallory. You said it was a mouse. The canine rose even higher and Mallory could see how powerful he was. How frightening after all, now that he bared his teeth in what might have been a grin or might have been a silent snarl. Molly backed away, daunted. Oh, it looks like a mouse. It is the size of a mouse. But I doubt whether you have the brain to see that it is not a mouse. That is something far more powerful. Mallory shriveled a little, not simply because she was seeing for the first time the canine's strength, but also because she felt the canine was speaking to her as well. Maury, however, did not appear to be intimidated. So, where is this so-called powerful mouse? he demanded. We have urgent business with it, and if it is as powerful as you say... Then all the better. We'll be friendly, added Molly. No Doug Scullery or Scug Dollery, agreed Maury. Last seen, said the canine, indicating with his paw, in the direction you came from. That way. Maury looked over his shoulder. Are you sure? he demanded. We saw no sign nor hear of them. 
No hair, no sign of them, confirmed Molly. But the canine did not reply. After a last sympathetic glance at Mallory, he turned on his heel and moved back along the path away from the two giant molars. Maury did not immediately turn to retrace their steps. Instead, he stood there holding the birdcage until the canine had disappeared from view around a corner in the track. Only then did he whirl upon Mallory, who shrunk from his angry face. Little Mallory, Mallory, he hissed. I think you have been telling us pork pies. Pork pies? stammered Mallory. Well, what do you mean? Pork pies, explained Molly, looking equally grim, means lies. Lies? echoed Mallory. Lies, hissed Molly. Pork pies, hissed Molly. No, I haven't, protested Mallory. What about the small boy then? demanded Molly. The small boy carrying the bird cage. You didn't mention him, accused Maury. See? Pork pies. Lies, added Molly. But I just forgot. I didn't mention Arthur because I forgot. Forgetting's not a lie, insisted Mallory. Forgetting to tell the truth's a lie, said Molly. Not to mention the mouse, said Maury angrily. I did mention the mouse, said Mallory. But you didn't mention that the mouse that you mentioned was not a mouse, said Molly. It's something far more powerful, said Maury. You didn't mention that. I don't know that, said Mallory, not quite truthfully. It just looks like a tiny wee mouse. What things look like and what they really are don't always match, said Molly. So how does a tiny wee mouse just happen to have hundreds of dollars anyway? demanded Murray. Can we believe that? Let's just take the little lying Mallory Mallory home and make a nice little Mallory Mallory pie with her, said Molly. Mallory quailed. This was a real mess, a horror show. And then it became worse. To show how cross he was, Murray began to swing the giant birdcage from side decide, throwing Mallory about. She was flung against the bars on all sides. Stop! she shrieked. You're hurting me! Better stop, Maury, said Molly. You'll damage the meat. Whether it was Mallory's plea or Molly's caution was unclear, but Maury did stop. He lifted the birdcage up to the level of his eyes and then demanded of Mallory once more, well, how does a tiny wee mouse just happen to have hundreds of dollars? It was difficult to think with her head reeling and her heart lurching, but Mallory was able to gasp, It has hundreds of dollars, I suppose, because it's not an ordinary mouse, as that canine thing said. She didn't think it was a good idea to remind Molly and Maury that she'd never claimed the mouse had hundreds of dollars. Mm, go with the flow she thought. There was a moment's silence. Then Maury peered into the cage once more. What do you mean? Well, she wheezed. Ask yourself, would an ordinary little mouse have hundreds of dollars? Maury screwed up his face in concentration. It was not pretty. Gaining confidence, 
Mallory added. Only a powerful mouse would have access to hundreds of dollars. Maury still seemed to be digesting this. Mallory played her trump card. In fact, she said, the more powerful the mouse, the more dollars. There was a longer silence. She's right, Maury, whispered Molly. Maury lowered the cage and looked at her. You might be right, Molly, he said. What will we do? asked Molly. Maury slowly grinned. Find the mouse, he said. Pies off then? Molly asked. For the time being, I suppose, said Maury. There's one thing we ought to do, though, said Molly, before we head off like. What's that, Molly? asked Maury. Hex her, said Molly. Hex her? Hex the little Mallory Mallory, so she'll tell us no more lies. No more pork pies, grinned Maury. Good idea. Mallory looked up at the two giant pastry cooks. Once again, she shrank back from the bars. She did not like the sound of hex her. She felt despair. Every time she managed to wriggle out an awful situation, another one came along to take its place. Maury laid the birdcage down on the path. Then he and Molly took a step back and pointed at Mallory with their huge forefingers and chanted, Stitch her mouth and stitch it tight. No more lies from dawn till night. No more lies from night till dawn. Let her wish she'd never been born. Mallory stared at them in horror. Their fingers looked like huge malevolent spears. Their eyes glittered with evil intent. She shrank even further away from the fingers and the eyes until her back pressed against the bars on the far side of the birdcage. No, no, no! She wanted to scream, but she couldn't open her mouth. It was sealed shut. Chapter 16 The Customs Gate It seemed to Arthur that he'd been walking for hours and that the birdcage was getting heavier and heavier. Is it much further? he asked the mouse. Arthur must have asked this question a dozen times since they'd taken the left-hand path at the fork, and every time he'd asked the question, the mouse had given the same reply. Not far, said the mouse. You said that last time, protested Arthur, easing the birdcage down onto the pathway. Of course, said the mouse, and you're getting closer all the time. Yes, but closer to where? To where we're going, said the mouse. Anyway, it added, don't be in such a hurry to get where we're going. Sometimes the journey is far more pleasant than the destination. Mm, this one isn't, grumbled Arthur, not with the super heavy cage and all these boring old gum trees. It all looks the same. It's as if we haven't been moving at all. Ah, but we have, said the mouse. It stood up on its haunches and looked down the pathway, eyes glittering and tiny whiskers twitching. Arthur, too, looked down the pathway. There was nothing to see, just a leaf litter strewn track with the tall, ghostly white trunks on either side. He kept expecting to see Mallory somewhere, perhaps resting with her back against a tree. 
Despite himself, he grinned. She'd be grumpy, of course. She'd give him a hard time for taking so long. Typical Mallory. Somehow, she'd have convinced herself that it was all his fault, or Bruce's fault, or the mouse's fault. I wonder where she is, he thought aloud. Your friend? asked the mouse. Arthur thought about that. Was Mallory his friend? Sure, they lived next door to each other, and their parents did things together, like barbecues. They kicked around together at school quite a lot, but that was because none of the other kids would have much to do with either of them. But friends? Mallory didn't really do friends, Arthur decided. Basically, she tolerated him, or forced herself to be friendly to him if she needed something, the birdcage being a case in point. Mallory, said Arthur. I have no idea, said the mouse. She was moving so quickly when she left us, she could be anywhere by now. You don't think, said Arthur, that she might have taken that other turn and gone to the pie-making place. I hope not, said the mouse. Arthur looked down into the bird cage, but he couldn't really tell how serious the mouse was. He suspected it was very serious. He then looked at Bruce, sitting patiently on his perch, opening and shutting one eye. Does Bruce like me? he wondered. Arthur hoped so. He always tried to be kind to the little bird. When we get to wherever, he asked. Yes, said the mouse. Do you think there'll be somewhere to buy bird seed? Who knows, said the mouse. Perhaps. Arthur glanced at Bruce's feeding dispenser. He seemed to have enough seed for the time being, but how long was this adventure going to last? Everything seemed to hinge on Mallory's turning up, then the mouse paying the ransom, and somehow helping them get home. At that thought, Arthur suddenly had a much more horrible thought. Why would the mouse help them get home? His heart sank. The mouse had been extremely angry to find itself trapped in the cage and not any happier after Mallory explained her plan. Why, once it had paid the ransom and been given its freedom, would it help them get home? It would probably say, Right, find your own way back, suckers. And he and Mallory and Bruce could be left stranded among these awful rattling gum trees forever. Arthur was an honest boy. That's what I'd do, he realised with a sickening jolt. Let's go, said the mouse. Arthur nodded. Miserably, he picked up the birdcage. Part of him wanted to ask the mouse its intentions. You will help us get home, won't you? But another part of him was too frightened to ask the question, in case the mouse gave him the wrong answer. He trudged on along the seemingly endless path, and then, suddenly, the path was not endless. The mouse had not lied. It hadn't been far. Arthur turned a corner, and all at once the gum trees fell away. In there, not a great distance ahead of them, was a small building straddling the pathway. As Arthur made his way closer, he could make out a sign above the double doorway. Customs Gate. Please have your documents and customs 
these in hand. What's this? asked Arthur. The border, said the mouse smartly. We're nearly there. We just have to clear customs. Clear customs? asked Arthur. What does that mean? I don't know yet, said the mouse cheerfully. It could mean not much, or it could mean an awful lot. By this time they had reached the wooden building, which took up the entire width of the pathway. It was strange having escaped the trees. Arthur gazed about him at the low rolling country, at the green grass and the blue sky. He wondered why they didn't just walk around the building instead of knocking at the door, as the mouse seemed to expect. He said as much to the mouse. It's the law, said the mouse, in a tone which suggested the question was quite outrageous. Arthur thought it best not to pursue the matter. All the same, it did seem a little silly. I don't have any documents, he said, or money. It may be all right, said the mouse. Arthur thought the mouse didn't sound very confident. May be all right? Fingers crossed, said the mouse. But what if it's not all right? Then I suppose we'll have to appear before the Major Rat. The Major Rat? What's that? Don't ask, said the mouse. Arthur did not like the sound of that. Should I knock? he asked. I strongly advise you to, suited the mouse, or we'll be outside the door for a very long time. As Arthur reached up to knock at the door, the mouse whispered, And remember, be very polite. Incisors can get very ratty when people are rude. Incisors? The customs officers. Oh, said Arthur, I'll try to be. Good, said the mouse. Go ahead. So Arthur knocked at the door. Oh my goodness, what will Arthur find behind that door? There are lots of surprises in this story. I guess that's because it's a magical tale, a bit like a fairy story. You can find this book and others by James Norcliffe at Books & Co in Old Tacky. He's written several books for children, including one that follows our Mallory Mallory Trick or Treat. I'll remind you of that title when we finish The Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. Goodbye. Happy reading. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.